the radio, the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. Let's go. Oh, I like it. It's up to you now. It's up to you. I like it. And now it's time for a coach's view with Watson Brown. Brought to you by Richard Courtney Realty. It is time, as the man said, as uh, Eric said, our production manager extraordinaire, Watson Brown, a coach. Big voice guy. Big voice guy. Hello, Watson. How you doing? Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. I I fit exactly your promo right there before I came on. It's the show that'll let callers come on that other shows won't. Yeah, we're kind of the land of the misfit toys. You know, we're we're a refugee camp. (laughs) We're kind of like a refugee camp. Perfect for me. Yeah, you know, it, they always say opposites attract. I think that's not true in this case. <laughs> exactly. We're kind of uh, like that, hey, that, that was not anything you would say thank you for. That was a shot, okay? That was John, a shot. That, that was, was a shot. shot. That was a good but, shot. But it, good but shot. shot yeah, all, but when I Watson was, Brown does it, I thank him because he's Watson Brown. Oh, You're merely Greg Paul. Oh, <laughs> oh, good gracious. It's getting deep in here now. Well, I, I tell you what, my winning record's 500. I'm O and O. There you go. I, I am O and never, O. I, that's right. I've never that won a game bad. as a head Stay coach. I've never <laughs> won a game as a head coach, but I've never lost one either. But I've yeah, done plenty of. Good thing. Yeah. Keep it that way, guys. <laughs> if I give you any advice, keep it that way. <laughs> I've done plenty of coaching now. You know. Yeah, armchair coaching. No, with no, a, no. With a I, cold one no, in your no, hand. No, no. My approach seriously, because uh, I, I think it's more because I was a coach's son. Right. Is that when I, all of my writings over the years, I just said, hey. You coach, I write, okay? Mm-hmm. You coach, I write. Don't tell me what to write. I won't tell you what to do. Well, it never worked out that way because no. I always tell them what to do. Yeah. Anyway. So. <laughs> hey, Coach, I wanted to start here. Can I start, Greg? You can start, John. Okay. Yes. Thank, thank you, Greg. I thought we'd already started, but oh, go ahead. I, well, my first question for Coach Watson-Brown okay. is, you look at the situation in San Francisco, Coach, and, man, you know, I know they got a rookie quarterback, and a rookie quarterback's never led a team to a Super Bowl before, let alone won one. But I'm starting to believe with the 49ers, Shanahan's done an unbelievable job with Brock Purdy. Now they got a great defense. They've got, you know, he's got some weapons, good running game, but Purdy's been outstanding. And I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching he's gotten from Shanahan. What say you? I, John, I agree 100%. And this is, I've said since I got out and started really watching the NFL. When you're a college coach, you don't see the NFL because Sunday's your hardest day. Mm-hmm. That's that's you. You get up early and you're there till late on Sundays. And as I've watched the NFL, I think the hardest position to to judge to, as far as bringing one in uh, when you draft them is quarterback. I mean, I, I this guy's the last guy picked in the draft. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Tom Brady was what sixth round pick. Yep. Um, and, and it's amazing the correlations. I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady by any means, but, I mean, Tom started when a guy got hurt. This guy's starting with a guy getting hurt. And or guys getting hurt. To, yeah, he was two, – two of them got hurt, right? Two of them getting hurt. He was the third teamer. And yet, I, I give a lot of credit to Shanahan because, uh, to me, there are quarterback-friendly offenses, and then there's offenses that put a lot on the quarterback that – make it harder on him 
and so it doesn't show in the stats. And this is a quarterback-friendly offense. I would bet to say eight out of every ten throws, seven for sure, are quarterback-friendly throws, meaning they're thinking it's run and you throw a pass. Or you run one of those nackets or bootlegs when he's outside and nobody's around him and he hits a little guy in the flat or a little shallow crossing route. Stuff like that, to me, are quarterback-friendly throws, the little bubbles on the outside that they throw to Samuel all the time, and then he takes a ball two yards behind the line and gains 30 with it. I mean, it's a quarterback-friendly offense, and I think that's why the young man's been successful. But he's got that inner intangible, guys, that I think is hard for these scouts to figure out. And, and, and he's got the inner intangibles of mm-hmm. just cool, calm, winner when the heat's on. And, and you watch all the tape you want. You, it, it, but trying to figure that out is the hardest thing, I think, to do. And, Coach, along those lines, I mean, you know, being a Giants fan, all I've heard for years is Daniel Jones isn't the guy. He he stinks. He's this. He's that. All of a sudden, Brian Dable and Mike Kafka get a hold of him and you know, he's having historical playoff games. I mean, that has a lot – one has a lot to do with the other, I guess. Quarterback-friendly offense again, much better than what they were doing with him before that. And and good players around him. And he's getting to throw a lot of balls when you don't have to throw it. Look at the Titans, guys. When when they are throwing, when people think it's run, they're, they're pretty good. When it's time to drop back and throw a pass, they're awful. And I think that's part of it. You've got to find ways to get your quarterback some of those, I call them confident throws. You get some confident throws, his confidence grows as the game goes on. I've always said confidence comes before poise. You can't have poise if you're not a confident guy. And so they get him him confident, and then the poise comes with it, and all of a sudden you've got something. And I, I think he's going to keep playing well. The, the, when when we'll really see it is if somebody can stop that run. If if somebody can stop the 49ers from running as well as they do, we'll see at that point. Uh, I don't know that anybody can do that. Tom Brady, you you run you uh, would you put him out on the field again next year if you were uh, a, a team like a Titans? Maybe not the Titans, but you you've seen the three or four teams he's being mentioned to. Uh, or is it time for him to move on and uh, do something else? I, I've got two statements to it, and I think you're on something, Pogey, but what a tough year on him. I mean, good gracious, um, you get in this money scheme and where he's lost millions. He, had, he talked Giselle into going in with him. They lost millions and millions of dollars. They took a lot of people down with them. Um, they're being sued because of it. He gets a divorce. He's not around his kids. I mean, think about all that and trying to play football. So I think that made it really hard. But I saw some things the other night that concerned me. I saw a guy getting rid of the ball too quick when Tom was a guy that's always could hold it to that last second and hit that little square in route. And now he's dumping it off real fast. I saw a guy flinch when there were people in his faces. He'd let balls go. Um, I saw a look in his eyes I hadn't seen in a while. Now, that could come from all the things that have happened to him through the year. But there, I saw a guy that don't move in the pocket like he used to, Pokey. He, he, he's never been a scrambler, but he's always been really good at sliding around quick in the pocket, uh, 
eyes still focused downfield, makes throws. I saw his eyes not focused downfield and a slower move in the pocket, and somebody gets close to him now, he just goes to the ground. Um, I'm a little concerned that physically it's just about caught up with him. Watson Brown with us. Uh, yeah, Watson, I got an off of – I don't even know where this will come. Is there – was there ever anybody that you would be at a game and you'd look up in the stands and, and, and see how they were reacting to your coaching? Yeah, my wife. Your wife? <laughs> yes. I mean, she's a very sharp lady. She knows the game. She was an athlete herself. She's been in it with me for 46 years. Uh, she's probably my best critic. She's always there when times were tough. When things were good, she could own me pretty good. She could she could say this about this or this about that. So she's been my confidant, but she'd be the she's been the one that I trust the most to ask a question to. Well, I don't even know. You used to nut, and then Dicky Nut uh, was the his brother, basketball coach at Arkansas yes. State, and everything. Right. Uh, right. Their father uh, is deaf, I believe. Or, or whatever, but he said he could, you know, because, you know, people up in the stands hollering things and everything, but he said he could look up in the stands and his dad would be wearing him out through sign language, you know, and mm-hmm. just, and everything. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't, you know, and, and I, he said, and he, I remember him saying to me, uh, yeah, I've never, I'm probably the only coach in America that gets cussed out through sign language. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I can tell a story about dad that my daughter was, good player and she played at Georgia State in college and she was running down the floor and I said something to her running down the floor one one game Brenda my wife sitting next to me and I, got, I said pick it up or hustle or something and Jenny did my daughter's name Jenny she did her head did turn she she could she evidently heard it well I caught the biggest elbow on the side of my reel <laughs> from from my wife. And I think from that point on I kinda set a few chairs away from her <laughs> during, during games. But I did learn my lesson to leave her alone, let her play. We daddies sometimes are the worst and, they, and we always said, Well, our children listen to us the least. There might be reasons for that yeah. if you really want to know the truth. <laughs> um your Giants and uh, Daniel Jones, what do you think about him? And, and it just seems like – I think yeah. – I yeah. Pokey, you think he's been the best quarterback in the playoffs so far? Yeah. I think he's played the best ball in the playoffs of all of them. Now, Dak Prescott did have one heck of a game the other night too. Um, it, 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 he's amazing to me how he can be so good and then so bad. Dak is one of those that seems like there's never an in-between. But Daniel Jones is right now playing, and the Giants are playing. I think the Eagles have got their hands full. Well, I do think the Eagles are better, but I think they got their hands full now. The Giants are not going to go away. You're going to have to beat them. What were the Vikings doing? About the second or third time Jones got out in the open and, and made plays with his feet. Don't you put once he gets out of the pocket and starts running the ball, he's a running back. Don't you just knock the crap out of him and say, you know, that ain't happening. The one thing I don't understand is that they don't take more shots at these guys out of the pocket. I think they've got the, the, the rules have got all of the defensive guys so so gun-shy guys yeah. that now they're afraid to hit them. And about the time you go to nail one, then they start to slide, and they always go in favor of the QB on that slide. And I think these QBs are getting away with slides, late slides that – and then they get the penalty. They've got all these defensive guys, the gunshot hitting quarterbacks. I don't know if it'll ever change because the quarterback is is the reason the game is 
is so popular. These right. quarterbacks are. This league is driven by quarterbacks, right, Coach? To, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, John, you wouldn't have seen Tom Brady's playing this long. These rules are letting these quarterbacks play a lot longer than they used to. Oh, Coach, I remember some of the hits that guys like, you know, Tough guys like Jim Kelly, Jim McMahon, oh. Phil Sims would take, Terry Bradshaw. Steve remember, McNair. Steve even Steve McNair. Even, even re, more recently. I, I remember when Turkey Jones spiked uh, Terry Bradshaw back in the 70s. Oh. I mean, <laughs> right? So, some, of those, some of those shots are unbelievable they took in those days, guys. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, unbelievable shots. The Joe Namath, Kenny Stabler. I mean, you can just think back. I can still see some of those hits. And I think they are doing the right thing because the game, now it's a quarterback game. The NFL game is a total. Well, so is college game. It's become a quarterback game. And they played 64 different, was it backups or quarterbacks this year in the NFL? 64? Wow. They're still having problem keeping them up. Yeah. Even with these rules, these bodies are so big, strong, and fast. It. it I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we can come up with enough rules to keep people healthy. There, it's violent. They're so big and fast now. When the contact's made, it ain't the same contact it was back in in the day. Uh, it's just not the same. What's it? Go ahead. I, I got one. I got another. We're just all over the map. Uh, what's the the youngest you ever started recruiting a player for a college roster? Sophomore with me, but I'm 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 the old ache recruiter uh, yeah. now. I, I saw where an eighth grader was just offered. I didn't know you could even do that. So well, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. But you know, like it's, it's for that Nashville's one, Nashville Christian uh, Jared Curtis. I remember when I came after that Monday after seeing him that Friday. I said he's a freshman. He's the real deal. Okay, it's sort of like George yeah, McIntyre. He is the real deal. Yeah, you, you he see. Is. Yeah, he and, and he's been offered by Vanderbilt already, and he's playing over yep. there for Jeff Brothers, of course. And and uh, I just it, it, what moment because the whole thing's you know in the NIL things just totally crazy i guess the quarterback in florida got promised something that didn't happen he's trying to get out of his nil uh, or nli the nli about the nil uh i was just wondering at what moment would you start recruiting somebody you have to recruit by the way everybody else does if 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 somebody goes and the first offer you ever get i can vividly remember i'm a junior it's in spring practice and alabama was the first one to ever offer me you never forget that. And we coaches know that. So they run out to try to be the first one in and to have that always implanted in the kid's head and and blah, blah, blah. And what happens is you speed up recruiting, you make mistakes. You make mistakes. And then you end up lying to the kids. Let's say somebody you've offered, then all of a sudden you find one better. Then you take the offer back. The whole thing is just getting ugly. And uh, now contracts mean nothing. Scholarships mean nothing. A guy can sign an NIL. The old rule was you got to stay at that school for a year before you could go anywhere else. You have to stay one year at that school. Well, that just got thrown out the window. The Florida released him because they're afraid that uh, they don't want it looked into to what was offered. He leaves because not he don't like the school. You know, I don't even think he ever made it to campus. He left because he wasn't getting the money he was offered. Mm. 
isn't that amazing that we've gotten to that point now? I, I don't know. I've always said, Pokey, John, I've always said, coaches ought to have to, and, and Lord, I left six times, so here's one speaking. <laughs> coaches, head coaches ought to have to, they sign a contract, they stay through the contract, or they can't go anywhere. So it is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think they ought to go back to that rule, NC2A. I don't know if they legally can do it, but the NFL can legally do it. If you sign a contract, you can't go anywhere till that contract's up unless that school just releases you. I think a player, if he signs a contract, I think he ought to have to stay a year where he, and, 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 and ride that contract out. So if you sign an NIL, you can't leave for a year. And if we did just, just go back and do that, because we're teaching people, you know, your word doesn't matter. And I just don't like that. And I'm I'm the top dog. I, I did. I signed contracts with four years left, five years left, and left to go to another school. But, but watch it. It's the other way I just around. I don't think it's right. I know. But, okay, I'll take the devil's advocate approach on this one, though. Uh, that school can sure fire you after three years of a five-year contract. Yeah, but they still got to pay yeah, you. Yeah, but they got to pay you. Yeah, but they're but now they putting they're putting in these. They can. I tell you what, though, they they're looking for many ways where they can't. That's for sure. Well, yeah, they're going to try to you know if they're if, if they're going to be devious, they'll they'll try to fire you with cause or something like well, that. Well, you can't. Yeah. The toothpaste yeah. is out of the, yeah. the the toothpaste is out. You can't but, put it back in. But all of that's what I'm talking about, guys. There's so many under the table, dirty things now, and now we're it's getting down into the kids. And here here's what I think's going down. I can't prove this. I'm not in it anymore. But I think it, all these coaches have got agents. All these kids are now got agents. These agents are the ones talking through each other, and so they're saying, "Well, we're not talking. We haven't talked to the kid. We haven't, we haven't done that." But the, the agent then says, uh, "I think if you left, if you if you pull out and you went here, I think you got a chance to make this amount of money." Mm. I mean, that's what's going down right now. So it's under the table, calling kids, telling them to leave. I'll give you this if you do. It is really turned into a an ugly deal, and now we're getting the kids in the ugly deal. Watson, as always, enjoy it, man. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Coach. Glad to do it, guys. Hey, I, 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 you know, I, I go to Cookville. What does he do? He leaves. He's the minute he the minute he found out I was coming to cook. I asked him. I said, "You want to go have breakfast, lunch? I'm buying nothing." Cricket. I will, I will admit, Pokey, the next time, give me a little more advanced than a day. But No, heck, I called you Tuesday. I'm going to have my calendar ready for you when you come back. All right. Because <laughs> I will admit, you have, you've called twice, and I've been called twice. I know. I, I've been in Cookville twice. I was going to take him out you're, to eat You're getting both the times. complex on me now, I know. Yeah, all right. All right. Thanks, Watson. But I may, I may be thinking of you like plaster. I know if I'm going, I'm the one by. No, no, so, I'm not. No, oh, Whoa. Burton may be like plaster, not me. Okay, I, I don't. I, my arm is way too long. It reaches to the hip way too many times. All right, see you, Watson. Thanks, coach. All right, guys. See right. y'all. Uh, on with George Plaster every day, and with us every Wednesday. Um, and I really enjoy just talking.